Hello, everybody, and thank you for tuning in to the Liberty Report. With us today is Chris Rosini, our co-host. Chris, good to have you with us today. Great to be back, Dr. Paul. Very good. We're going to go and talk a little bit about foreign policy, at least to start with here. And uh, that's still in the news, and Ukraine is still in the news, and believe it or not, they, they're still pumping out new money. I mean, uh, Biden went over there, and I guess he had it in his wallet or someplace. He pulls out <laughs> pulls out $500 billion. Here you are. He let us come in and treat me nicely. And uh, then Yellen got to Yellen yesterday and said, well, how many billions of dollars do we have to send for rebuilding? Uh, the, 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 and, and they're not talking about peanuts. They're talking about big bucks, like about $350 billion. You know, I think back by times uh, I was in Congress, I would say, you know, we're going to go over there and bomb those people. But I, I, I predict that soon we'll go in there and we'll want to rebuild them. So that happens quite frequently. We bomb somebody, we fight with somebody, we bomb them, we uh, put on sanctions, we ruin the country. Oh, and then they have to come over, then we absorb them into our empire. And they're, they're added into the empire, and then we uh, then start saying, well, we have to take care of you as long as you do as we tell you. And they're in the middle of it now, but there's some resistance building. There's a few Republicans in Washington even thinking, maybe there's a limit. And they know better. They know there is absolutely a limit to how much uh, fiat money you can issue. The one thing is, is uh, nobody knows where that point comes. But the longer it goes, the more money that's printed, the more debt that we have. When it's finally realized by the majority of the people in the marketplace, the longer it goes, the worse the crash will be. And uh, right now, it doesn't look like it'll be tomorrow, but I know I wouldn't bet uh, all, all my money that it won't happen tomorrow because the foundations have been uh, undermined. Uh, the financial financial, not only the United States, but the whole world. And uh, we were the orchestrator of all that because we've had the world uh, reserve currency and we've been uh, doing this for a long time. And now it's a big contest because our foreign policy has led to the bombing and the sanctions and then expanding expanding our, our, our empire. But the empire costs a lot of money. And we never back off. And the empire is, is, is the challenge because the empire is maintained by lies and innuendos and deficits and militarism. And there's been a few... Uh, a few empires in the history of mankind that have done the same thing. So, so they never change. So we shouldn't be too optimistic that next week we have a hint that some of the Republicans are getting disgusted with that. Yeah, but guess what? Those Democrats that used to try to work with us and say the wars are bad, they're already gone, so sh shifting over to become warmongers. So the, the total principle of non-intervention in foreign policy has a long way to go, but we're gonna keep plugging, plugging along with that. But you know, conditions are, are rather uh, unstable right now on foreign policy and domestic policy and deficits. And uh, financially, uh, it, it's difficult right now. The, the, air, the uh, Iraqis had to get some gold to help pay for the, uh, pay, uh, uh, to, to have a, a business deal made with China. So they didn't have the dollars and we've been punishing them. So uh, it's still in the market. And I wanna remind all our viewers that uh, you know, I work with uh, 
birch gold. And uh, they're in the business of trying to protect people's wealth. And they have something that they'll send to you free if you call a certain uh, number. The text number is Ron, 989898. And they'll send you a free package of information and that'll give you something to digest. And uh, you, even though right now you can't say, well, today gold went up $100, too bad you missed out, you have to quit. No, this is a long-term thing. I've been looking at it and started uh, buying and investing uh, even before technically it wasn't legal in this country, which only became legal, can you believe this? For 1934 up until 1975, the American citizen couldn't go out and buy gold. I mean, that, that was, that's pretty bizarre. But things are different now, and there's a lot more people involved in gold. So once again, if, if you're interested, text Ron, 989898. Chris, tell us that's what we're so, going to talk about today. Well, Dr. Paul, you know, uh, becoming an empire, if your nation becomes an empire, it's the worst thing that can happen to your nation and that's because empires collapse you know there have been so many throughout history and guess how many are around zero well now there's one and we happen to live in it unfortunately you know our country in the beginning of our history up until about 1900 was not an empire uh you know but around 1900 1898 it was time to go you know overseas and it's been a disaster ever since. There are now 1,000 bases peppered all over the world. We're in endless wars. You can't even keep track of all of them. And what happens to the philosophy of the government is empire first. What, uh, the empire comes before anything. What happens at home is secondary, even if you know, it's even considered at all. And if Americans can't see that today, then you're missing what's happening. You know, and it's, it's not hard to understand. I want to do just a very quick mental exercise. Let's remove government from the situation. Just take like your family. Your job is to defend your family. Let's say you have guns, you know, in case bad guys come. You know, you, you take care and defend your house. Now, what if you decided to venture out and start defending your neighbor and then your street? And then you tell your family, I'm going to defend this place, which is 100 miles away. And then this place, which is 1,000 miles away. A, you're going to drain any resources that you have. And what do you think is going to happen to your home life? It's going to go down the drain. And that is what happens with empires. They overextend themselves. They think that they can take over the entire world. And what happens at home? Bankruptcy and, and economic turmoil. And that, you know, we're following the pattern of every empire before us. It was a fateful decision to make that decision, but we can go back and we need a philosophy of non-intervention for that. Very good. And I think uh, the principle of an empire is, is the real threat to us, but we know a lot about it because it's been throughout history. The, Roman, uh, the, the, the Romans had a, had a republic and it disappeared and then it became a Roman empire and it, 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 it disappeared too. But in our case, I think it's face to safe to say that, uh, you, you know, as an empire builds and they sort of uh, operate simultaneously as the empire is building, and I think our empire really accelerated after World War II, uh, the republic has to be shrunk. And that's what's happened. Uh, the <clears throat> we don't have a republican form of government. But 
you know, the empires have to be defended by lies. And there's plenty of lies going on. I mean, that's all you ever hear about now. And you, when you see a statistic where 68% of the American people uh, don't, don't believe the government when they tell us anything, and that's being smart because that's probably uh, exactly true or if it could be worse. And uh, when, when this happens, when you accept the principles of the empire, you shift from free markets to collectivism uh, and government ownership uh, of property and the rejection of voluntarism in the, in the marketplace. So everything changes. It doesn't happen right uh, in one time. Sometimes it have, has that when it's a, a military takeover of a coup. But it eventually, you know, it undermines the, the freedom that maintains order. And uh, this is what we're going through. And right now, the empire is alive and well. But there's hints that people are getting, you know, sick and tired of it. Even some Republicans now are saying, hey, maybe we should back off on uh, Ukraine. And they're offering bills to limit the spending there. But, you know, uh, we're, we're concerned here that uh, they, they might talk that way. But are they talking about the principle? I know usually so many of them say, yeah, let's quit sending so much money to Ukraine. Then we might have something left over we can take on China. So uh, that's, that is still a problem. And that's why uh, we have to think of this thing in, in, in terms of the principle of a non-interventionist foreign policy, the empire building that we don't need, and all the techniques that they use to undermine freedom in order to maintain an empire. Chris? Right, Dr. Paul, and you know, people, sh I'm sure know that this Ukraine war keeps dragging on because we're, our money is going there. You know, you need money to fight war, and we are the biggest money supplier. You know, so, and then we find out, you know, and this is so far away from our home, it has nothing to do with us nothing to do with defending us, you know, nothing. And, and then you read that you go even further away to uh, China and they're putting US, more U.S. troops in Taiwan to go train the Chi Taiwanese. I mean, this is the overextension that we're talking about. And then, we, you know, we pay attention, well, well, China wants Putin to win. You know, first off, what does this have to do with us? And, you know, just in my very amateur analysis, and Daniel will be back on Monday, you know, my guess is China does not want the U.S. on its border any more than Russia does. You know, and if Russia were to ever go down or be controlled by the West, China would be completely surrounded on all sides. I mean, would they want something like that? Is it, should we expect them to want something like that? So it kind of makes sense that China would, you know, uh, support Russia. They have a massive, massive border with Russia. If that becomes ever destabilized, think from their perspective, you know, but as Americans, we're not supposed to think from their perspective. We just go onto the media, they say, bad guy, bad guy, hate them, and, and then go to war, you know, but we think here, and our viewers think, and uh, we think that you should not be provoking war with two major nuclear powers. That makes a lot of sense. But sometimes we have to search for those people who will respond <laughs> to common sense. But they're out there. Matter of fact, I think they're in the majority. It's just that <clears throat> our position doesn't get the majority opinion by the, all the canned so-called news that you get from Main Street Media and even on, uh, and, and, and even on the social media. But uh, our title is, uh, who, who's provoking World War III? Because people are talking about World War III all the time. And uh, 
I, I think about it a lot and uh, wonder what's going to happen. For some reason, uh, I, I might not be as worried as I should be because uh, I keep hoping that things will straighten out. I know how, how worried people were in 1962 when there were missiles in Cuba and people really were worried about it. For some reason, uh, I guess I didn't know enough to be really scared, but uh, the one thing that I do remember is that was when I got my draft notice. But who, who's doing this? And I was talking to Chris a little while ago, and uh, we, know, we, we agreed on our title, uh, and we wanted to talk about how, the evolution of what's going on. And uh, so we each picked a name, and it turned out exactly the same name. So we had a vote, and it was two to zero. <laughs> and we picked, uh, we picked uh, Victoria Newland as the instigator who is the one doing it now. And if you want to get more information on that, just read about the coup of 2014. And it's a documented, uh, and the uh, State Department person, Jeffrey Pyatt, they, they were caught in a conversation planning the strategy of the coup. So it's disgusting. I find it disgusting when they get out and the media will protect, uh, uh, you, you know, pretend that, okay, Russia's invaded, Russia, one year anniversary, the Russians, you know, and invaded uh, Ukraine. They never say in that very day on February 22nd, it was exactly nine years from the coup where Nolan and NATO took over and threw out a government that had been elected. And, you know, I'm not arguing pros and cons of that government. I'm arguing against us participating because although it was NATO and United States, it's a big deal because that's how they throw governments around. And we are kingpins in the number of coups that we have committed to get rid of the people that we don't around the world. So that was nine years ago, but you never hear that. And uh, Nolan was really very, very much in charge of that and, uh, and, and, and continues to. And she's loved by Republicans and Democrats a lot because she's a professional. She's a professional, you know what? She professionally, she's professionally designed to uh, rig up wars because, you know, but she wouldn't admit it. It just might be beneficial to her friends in the military industrial complex or somewhere because the policy makes no sense whatsoever to go searching under the conditions that just existed, say, 10 years ago that we had to seriously worry about a nuclear holocaust in a World War III, and yet we keep moving in that direction. But Chris, I still think, though, if we could get more people to understand, you know, what's going on and move away from that, we don't have to go in that direction. We were encouraged. I, I, you know, I was at the uh, anti-war rally against the war in Ukraine just recently up in D.C. We had a lot of people and a lot of momentum. And uh, what I liked about it is we brought people together that had disagreements uh, with other things. <clears throat> And that's what's wonderful about liberty. You can have uh, disagreements on the church you go to and the books that you read and, and all these things. But if you agree on something like being anti-war, it brings people together. They're, they're talking about, uh, you know, are, are, are we going to have a civil war here? Well, if, if we had freedom here, we wouldn't have a civil war. It's the fact that freedom, uh, the lack of freedom, ends up people vying for the interest. And that's why the, that's why the coup and that's why the, uh, uh, the takeover of the empire 
you lose all that. You don't have a republic anymore, and that's why they will be divisive, and they'll be fighting over what is remaining yeah, that uh, existed in, a, in prior years. So I, I do want to uh, say that uh, the, there was encouragement in Washington. There's a lot of people who believe this, but the propaganda is bad. So I was delighted and still am delighted when people point out and say, yeah, you know, uh, maybe we ought to quit spending all that money. And uh, it's not all the way there to our position, but at least that's a thought. And uh, th this is the way uh, there were a lot of people that supported doing, you know, uh, reducing the activity and the COVID lockdowns. And a lot of good came out of that, although the total principles aren't embedded. But uh, we should just say, you know, freedom is popular and freedom works uh, in the best manner to bring about peace. Chris. Excellent, Dr. Paul. I'll have my closing thoughts now. Uh, we're in a tough spot here because, you know, there are two, you know, general sides in our country. One is gung-ho about war with Russia at all costs, unconditional support, this and that. But then you have the other side who is not so keen on that. But boy, send the, if there's even a possible China balloon, they were ready to go to war. And that is very scary, you know, that there are so many warmongers in our country. Um, you know, and, and the truth is that war with either Russia or China or both would be catastrophic. Uh, it would be suffering that we, you know, the suffering we endured during COVID tyranny from our government would pale in comparison if we had to fight wars with either Russia or China. And, you know, we're not used to that here. We're, we're used to war being something that you turn the TV on, you put, you put on your phone and see how the war is going, if you're interested at all. We, you know, have been fortunate not to have, you know, other than our civil war, uh, you know, major war here. Uh, but Russia and China are more than capable, both of them, of harming us here. You know, they, we would possibly be involved with something like that, and that would be catastrophic. A, we don't manufacture here. They make everything over there. Uh, we're not united here. Half the country hates the guts of the other half. Uh, you know, we should not be, <laughs> we are the last country that should be pushing for any type of war. And amazingly enough, that's the situation that we're in. So, you know, the more people there are that are speaking out for truth and for peace and let these people, they do not want to be like us. Half the country doesn't want to be like what, you know, we're trying to spread around the world. So, you know, we have to somehow, cooler heads have to pre uh, prevail in this otherwise we're in deep deep trouble very good you know one thing that catches the attention of a lot of people who are lackadaisical about figuring out how this war got started and what we should do uh they'll frequently get uh pay attention if you say you know we're spending a lot of money and over there and basically what we're doing is trying to redraw the borders of some countries over there like uh, between ukraine and Russia, and it doesn't seem to us that that is our major responsibility. So um, I accept the principle and the, and the thought, because I think it means something, is that we should consider our homes our castle. Home is your castle. That's where you live. That's where you have your family. That's where you have your privacy. That's where you can have any books that you want. That's where you can have your religious value, and nobody's supposed to touch you. Uh, 
But when the empire gets, keeps building, all of a sudden private property then becomes, uh, you know, sacrificed in order to maintain the empire. And therefore they have to re look at everything that's going on, every book that's printed, every church it goes, and, and restrictions are, are put on everything that, that we do. But if, if our homes are our castle, where, where, does this, where does the government come in on this? Should the government, uh, should we have an army officer in each little community or, or a guard at our house to protect our cap castle? No, that, that's, that's not it. If you live in a free society, you know that that is a special point. But I don't think we live in a free society is because what we have is we uh, have nobody thinking about our country in the way you should think of a castle because it is the country really uh, belongs to the people who live there. But for them not to protect us and, and uh, there's an invasion and uh, the way they redistribute wealth away from the few people still working and suffering and taking money from them and giving it to people that just walk in and they can get in front of the line for their medical care and where they're going to live and everything else. They're taking the closest thing that we can think of a national ca uh, castle and destroying us so we don't have that concept so you, you know we would never allow people to trample over our homes people would wake up and finally say something about it people shouldn't be a lot of trample over the ranches and the farms as uh, millions of people come marching in because it's an invasion so I think it should be seen now you say well, well that's that's uh, bigoted and all this well I'll tell you what it'd be a lot more peaceful than what's going on now <clears throat> and we wouldn't have that many people out on the streets living in the streets now but I think our home is our castle it should be protected our civil liberties should be protected and uh, I think our country deserves protection and that can be done in a manner that we would enhance our liberty and not diminish our liberties I want to thank everybody for tuning in today to the Liberty Report please come back soon